Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show. In today's episode, Red Bull keep sinking their teeth into the road cycling market. What are they up to? Burn Peak is taking some of his content behind the paywall. What do we think? Is that a good future? We've got a bit of a YouTube wrap up with NorCal's new video and the Lifetime Grand Prix series of videos. And untouchable topics. What can't you talk about? All right, let's get into it. Weird time of year, sort of racing started where we've kind of had the big equipment drops. Not fully back into the race calendar yet, but there's there's a trickle of there's a trickle of stuff happening. I thought we might start with this this Red Bull thing. Yes, let's start there. Do you want to kick us off just with what they've actually done? Yeah, well, there was the rumours about how Red Bull were going to take over the Bora Hansgrohe professional men's team, and now it's come out that the basically the Austrian authority that controls the business ventures has has allowed this takeover to happen. So there's not really any more details on, around how it's going to work, what it's going to look like, but essentially Red Bull have the green light to to buy an owning stake in the management company behind Bora Hansgrohe. So we're looking at potentially sometime this year or, or next year, the Bora Hansgrohe men's cycling team is going to be Red Bull Racing. The other little bit of news with, with Red Bull is they did add a couple of sponsored athletes, uh, one of which is a British junior cycle cross world champion Zoe Backstead, amongst other things. I think she's won some time trials as well, and she's she's riding for Canyon Shram in the Women's World Tour. Why are we suddenly doing this? Why are we suddenly buying half of a men's world tour team? Why are we taking punts on young up-and-coming British cyclists who are entering the world tour? Well, that, well they did it with Pidcock. I think she is, uh, she is, is well in line or if not outperforming Oh, I'm not saying at that level. Yeah. Oh, sorry, um, I think that makes sense. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm, it's kind of what, what especially in, I kind of get the individual sponsorship. You know, they wear the helmet. It's a that kind of makes sense. It's just an individual athlete sponsor. But the I got it just on that actually. I want to chat about Bora, but with the Red Bull thing, why do teams let the Red Bull sponsored athletes run Red Bull gear? Yeah. It's it's just it seems to be road cycling. Yeah. You have to be sponsor correct down to your shoelaces. Yeah. But if yeah. Red Bull sponsor you, you can run a Red Bull helmet yeah. and no one cares. Yeah. I, yeah. Can anyone answer that? I I mean that's the classic one there is is Cavendish because so Cavendish has got this relationship with Oakley. And so he would anytime he would move to a team, he would basically have to move the whole team onto Oakley because whatever the sunglass provider would be, would never say, no, 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 we're not going to just allow Cav to run Oakley's while the rest of us run, <laughs> I don't know, Alba Optics or something. Whereas you're right, like when it comes to the helmet thing, it's like, oh, Red, okay, yes, no problem. Which, okay, maybe just let me go on this okay. because which may, I can't, I can't work out what's going on here because Red Bull from a marketing perspective don't do things by half. This has to be. A, a long-term play. There must be something that they're thinking about here. And 
all I can think about in, in regards to the the sponsoring the writers or or this Bora Hansgrove thing. Okay, both. To okay. me, this is all part of. It has to be all part of some big play. They don't just muck around with this stuff because marketing is their game. Like they have. I hate their product. Like I was actually going to get on here and, and totally zag to your zig and say I hate Red Bull just because I hate their – yeah, I just really don't like the product. But anyway, from the marketing perspective – I really to, like I Red know Bull. you do. You, just a quick insight. Jesse mostly comes in here every day before a session and has a Red Bull. But anyway, um, so sponsor him, not me. Uh, what was I saying? So, so they don't do things for half. Marketing's their game, blah, 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 blah. What, what are they trying to get out of this? Because we kind of are both in the camp of, eh, well, it's just like it's a bit of a shit show. Like, what are you doing? It's a, you're just piling money away. All I can think maybe is they see a gap with the broadcasting. Because you look at Red Bull and what they've done really well is they take an event and they fully produce it. Yep. They make it the Red Bull downhill like jumping off a cliff. jumping off a cliff thing. The, yeah. the, what's the the cliff dive thing? Yep. The cliff dive thing, in my mind, is now associated. The whole sport is associated with Red Bull because not only have they branded it so well, but from what I gather, you basically just watch it on their app. So they they've bought out the rights to whatever the league is of cliff diving, and they just pump it out on their on their app, and they have the content. So mm. what I'm trying to say here, maybe this is this is me no, no, thinking thinking yep. a little bit outside the box, mm-hmm. is that okay? They see a gap in the market. They say, oh, you know what? This cycling stuff, the rights for this is really cheap in regards to all the other site, all the other sort of professional sports that are out there. Golf, tennis, exactly the big name mainstream. And ones. just yep. like just like Lantern was saying, look, every other every other sport has its own packaged app or it's it's packaged channel on YouTube to pump this stuff out. We don't. Maybe they're going to come in and go, well, right, well, you guys are a total shit show. You've not got your act together. We'll come in. We'll slap our brand on it with our sugary drink and away we go. And you watch cycling through the Red Bull app. Very interesting idea there. I mean, on paper, that's fact. That's a Chris Miller fact. fact. I mean, it makes sense because I'm – I'm kind of sitting here. I was going to go. I don't get it. I mean, you sponsor a cycling team. It's not very Red Bull. So having another angle that they're playing long term would definitely would make sense. And yeah. maybe it's not. I'm not saying this is a world tour thing. Like you look at it, right? So their their event series coming up: Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series, the FIA World Rally Series, the WSL Big Surf Big Wave Surfing. So that's big wave surfing. That's not the See what see where I'm it's going with this? It's all spin-off. It's spin-off stuff. So it's mountain bike, but it's that downhill stuff. It's not, <clears throat> you know, cross-country mountain bike. Yeah, Correct. okay. Um, so the, what, the Red Bull yes. Hardline, which is the downhill stuff, and Red Bull Flug Tag. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but, yeah, I could get around it. Yep. Um, yeah, you, so you can kind of see where – so so maybe they do the, okay, well, we're going to have four Red Bull events next year and one of them's in – Columbia, like we were talking about this during the week, yep. like you watched the Colombian Nationals. Yeah. I watched the Colombian Nationals and it was like, holy shit, like <laughs> this is wild. This is crazy. Yeah. It looked like the Olympics road race. It the was, people. It's like, like, holy shit. And package that up with some Red Bull branding with like crazed spectators streaming out on their service, be the same time zone as the US. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm selling myself on this. Where do, where do I sign up for yeah. it? Yeah. So if you were to pick, what discipline would it be, though? Would it just be a Red Bull 200-kilometer road race? No. I, I don't see it. So no. wh- where would you see, if you had to hypothesize, what angle are they going to take the road cycling? This could, Well, I think this potentially gets in, into a chat I want to have a little bit later. But it, the multidiscipline aspect of the, of the riders that they seem to sign is what is what is attractive to them and maybe to, to other people. Don't, so it Don't becomes, tell me it's going to be the G word. I don't know what the G No, 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 no. I, I think it's a, I think it's the, it's the vegan cyclist event. So it's, it's got some road, it's got some, some downhill and it's got some, some gravel and it's a, who's the best cyclist, who's okay. the best two wheeler person in in the world maybe 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 Something that's like that. the gimmick yeah i don't know okay okay yeah just in terms of them sponsoring an actual, actual team that that sort of in terms of corners blow every other team out of the water like what's the closest thing to red bull already in professional cycling i went through the teams the closest thing i could see as a consumer product would be the alperson shampoo it's probably the closest thing and red bull is a thousand times cooler than shampoo so <laughs> imagine red bull it just wouldn't fit. It's kind of like Red Bull Bora racing. What is cool? Can I ask I mean, you this question? Because I feel like I've just bought into this for no reason because I, I hate the actual product, as I've said. Mm-hmm. What is cool about Red Bull? Explain it to me. Or is the fact that you've got to explain it to me just mean I'm never going to yeah. get it? <laughs> no? I have to explain what's cool about Red yeah. Bull. The entire brand is cool. That's that's Their entire product is it's cool. But there's nothing <laughs> about their product that makes me think, like, there's nothing desirable about pumping myself full of no. caffeine yeah, it and is. sugar. It's like you crack that can and it's, I could be a Formula One driver right now. Really? I'm, I'm going into the zone. I'm growing wings. I could be jumping from space in a, <laughs> in a wingsuit. I mean, that's the, isn't that, that's their whole branding. So, I mean, yeah, I could just go and buy a can of V. It's not a Red Bull. It's not a Red Bull. Oh, I mean, I like the taste of Red Bull, personally. I think it's the best tasting energy drink. Um, but, I mean, what's mm. cool? I mean, everything they sponsor is cool. They don't sponsor anything lame that, I, that comes to mind. I also think they're really good at sticking with their branding colors, just the color scheme of it, that, that blue, red, and yellow. They are so strict with it. That it just sticks. I mean, you could just come if you saw a helmet in the distance that just happened to be those colours. The first thing you'd think of would be Red Bull, and the cars do it. It's it's they've just been so consistent at it. But that's kind of my point. Is I'm quite confused because why is Red Bull cool? Because mm. everything they sponsor is cool. Far as I'm aware, in the broader scheme of things, road cycling isn't cool. So I, that's why I'm just confused where they're going with it. I will put this link in the description. Uh, have you seen the? Uh, Instagram reel of it's like in a, if an Australian tells his other Australian mates that he's a cyclist, have you seen this reel no. where they all just like they're all in tears like oh my god you're dead to me oh. type type thing right. like yeah. how yeah. dare you turn on us like this that's real like that's <laughs> actually what it's like for the like it would be like one in ten in terms of a cyclist sort of sympathizer slash person doing it to the 
other nine people who would actually react like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like if you're in a marketing department and go, yeah, we're going to side with that one guy who's the the person standing up for cycling. Especially if you're in probably, yeah, US, UK, Australia, that would ring true. Obviously Europe, I'm (laughs) I'm hoping that would be different. But you're 100% right. Like Mm. you're dead on. This is literally what it is. The other thing I noticed this week is that the Lifetime Grand Prix released their, I suppose their docu-series, their their version of Drive to Survive Mm -hmm. for last year's uh, Lifetime Grand Prix series. I binge-watched all of it. On YouTube. On YouTube. Um, Did you catch any of it? I watched the Unbound Men's... Uh, one of it, about 30 minutes. That's the only one I watched, but I got a good idea of what it's about. So what's, uh, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was, it was really good. Obviously really well put together. Um, a couple of, couple of things on it from, from my perspective, I, I think what they did really well is they managed to grab the characters out of the whole thing, which is, which drove the whole story you actually started following the the characters the athletes rather than necessarily the particular events themselves i don't know if this is particularly unique to them but they for the big ones like leadville um unbound they split the men's and the women's uh documentaries into completely separate things and i don't know if you've noticed this and i don't want to come across like as this the wrong way, but like the views are basically the same for, for both of them, which when you're, when you're starting from the beginning of a series and you're, you're starting it with an equal platter, equal platform like this, and people are able to grab the characters of both the men and the women from the very beginning. That's, that's a game changer. Like that is, that is it because the whole problem well, we'll go into some other day, but like, the whole problem of building something after the the other one is already big is the big one always overshadows the little one, whereas that's not the case here. It's kind of cool. Um, well, it's, it's, it's a Chris economics lesson. Well, yeah. <laughs> the big uh, fish eats the little fish. Um, a couple of little interesting things I noticed, right? So just Keegan obviously dominates the whole thing, like in terms of like the on-bike performance. The whole thing suffered from the fact that neither him, neither him nor Sophia, who was who dominated the women's series, really were interviewed that much. I'm not sure why that. It was a bit like the oh God. I've already forgotten what it was called. What was the Netflix one called about cyclists? Unchained, unchained. The, like that whole thing suffered because like Jonas doesn't wasn't really a big player in the whole thing. And that this definitely happened here. Like he was bits and pieces in it, but it was a lot of others talking about him, which was kind of a bit of a bummer. And I did notice when it came to talking about him, especially as like the series went on, that a lot of the guys was saying, you know, he's a good trainer, like heaping compliments on him, but there was this underlying thing of, well, he doesn't do anything else outside training or racing, so he's able to put all his energy into it and that's why he's so good. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but I felt like the inference was, hey, we're all trying to build this thing together. You're the best. You need to be doing more. 
to promote the sport <laughs> like they all are. Absolute sour grapes. I, I might be putting like, – no, I, okay. Well, if you nah, – well, 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 if that's the vibe you got from it, then that's the vibe you got from it. Yeah, it I is. mean, it wouldn't surprise me because there's guys on there saying, oh, you know, my – you know, my kids, you know, it's hard coming to the race because my kids and this and, well, like, you know, all the other. It was more you know, than that. Like there were guys saying like, you know, I, I do podcasts, I do a video series, I do a, I do a movie thing and it's like a lot of it's around this series and, and that's good for the series. I mean, I side a bit, I would, I side a bit with them. Like, really? yeah, hundred percent. Like, like imagine if. He he was producing, or even just had a GoPro on, or I, like something like that. Give people a bit more insight into into this. There's clearly a massive demand for it. Probably, but I'm sure if the guys saying that were as good as him and had the potential to win, and didn't need to do it for, for whatever financial reasons or whatever, they'd throw it away in a heartbeat and go win the whole series. Yes. I mean, yep. Yeah, I. I I think he's doing plenty of good for the series and for this what by staying there, not going and joining joining a European team and having just a freak doing freak numbers that everyone just kind of it's, it adds this mystique. Maybe the fact that he doesn't do, really put that much out there. Um, to, to be fair, like he's been on the Trainer Road podcast, some of the ones I've listened to, so he does do some stuff, but. You know, maybe having him sort of tucked away and no one really knows too much about him adds to this sort of Batman-esque sort of bad boy thing and, and, and the series are playing up to it for the thing and now we're talking about it and he's kind of like the, the bad boy. I would like to see that guy. next year. I, mean, I, would, <laughs> I would like to see them like just, even if it's not there, no. just totally yeah. build him up as yeah. a complete Everyone wants to take him villain. down, yeah. Yeah. but I'd he just keeps winning and yeah. then like, in the last round, you know, Trekkie comes through and just just beats him on the line and perfect. Or yeah. There's collusion amongst the other <laughs> riders to try and to, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that would that would capture because that was that going back to the core of what actually hooked people on drive to survive, it was the fighting amongst the drivers <laughs> that got everyone like, oh my god, these guys hate each other. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I'd kind of like to see that as well. But um interesting you mentioned Brendan Johnson. I've got to call him Brendan Johnson. We got this quite a few times oh, yeah. in the past when we, ta- when we talked about it. Got to use his name, Brendan Johnson. I thought he came he came across as like the star of the show when it came to mm-hmm. the athlete's stories. Uh, obviously, following him coming across from Australia, the the low points of a lot of the races, and then sort of pulling it together and managing to 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 get some results. And it it managed to, I think, gather. You hear a lot about athletes talk about sacrifice and you kind of hear professional athletes talk about sacrifice and it's like, oh, they didn't go out on the piss with their mates for a couple of months. Like, what? That's not sacrifice. I I think with this it kind of managed to gather the kind of sacrifice of what he had in Australia or has in Australia, the risk that they took and with the what they didn't even know or they don't know what the reward is if there even is a reward mm, ultimately okay. with yep. with this thing i kind of thought that came across really well mm-hmm. um the last thing i'll say about this and i realize this is kind of broad chat about about the the whole thing but 
in every episode, there was this whole thing about trying to legitimize the series in comparison to every other cycling event. You would always hear them talking about it. Like in the first one, they were talking about, oh, we've got all these international people are now here. So you can totally tell that it's a, you know, people really care about this. Or you might then go into, they'll try and big up the, the actual performances themselves, like the the power numbers are comparable to this or you might have mm. World Tour pros talking about like how good the level is and this sort of stuff. And then even towards the back end of it when you had Cassiodoma turn up and as the Gravel World Champion and she was riding it and they were kind of saying, look, this legitimizes us playing like I honestly think just ditch that narrative and just go with it, guys. You You don't need to prove yourself on a – physiological level to anyone what the product that's seemingly being produced is is successful i think it's sustainable from a distance mm-hmm. and it's we've discussed a little bit about this i kind of feel it is it's scalable as well like you can take it anywhere it can be a little bit more of a, a thing mm-hmm. um so kind of le- leave the whole oh yeah we do matter because of this or yeah, we do matter because of this behind Mm -hmm. and just, just make yourself a big deal and don't worry about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, that's fair. I mean, and and that's what people, people care because they're professional athletes who desperately want to win. That's the, that's the story. Whether they're doing five Watts per kilo for five hours, like, no one actually cares that's watching. I mean, maybe a few like I do, but, you know, the, the people watching don't mind. So I think, yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Do you think the the timing of how they've released it is a problem? It was a bit far after the events have happened and that they seemingly put it all out quite quickly. Yes and no. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Like I watch a lot of this stuff. Um, so the Six Nations uh, rugby just released their Drive to Survive on Netflix. Um, Tennis Breakpoint just released their second series of their Drive to Survive. I should actually, a swing, I think it's called a full swing or serving or something. I can't remember what it's called. They've just released their ones as well. So there seemingly is a reason they're doing it at this point. You're right. I, I kind of think the... The full dump was a bit of a mistake just because you'd love to see it over, you know, two or three weeks or something, build a bit of hype that way. Um, The timing's weird. Maybe it's in preparation for the next year to try and build the hype for for, as it kicks off. Because that's why I was kind of a a little confused because I'm sort of, if if this is a drive to survive style, it takes a lot of time to edit and put together. So it's fine that it gets uploaded later. Uh, as long as it's not intending to be like a race highlight style thing, no. which I don't think it is, so it's no. probably not a, it's probably not a problem. But that's what this is. This I don't think this is the for the races to watch. This is like kind of for me, really, as someone from a distance watching it. Like it's a popcorn viewing type thing, um, and that's why I kind of said double down on getting your race content footage somehow accessible to us as soon as this actual event happens for those sad people that will sit there and probably watch three hours of Leadville unfold. Like I would like to see that. I don't know how the hell you're going to do it, but. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. Sitting on YouTube, so NorCal did another of his DIY at-home testing videos. They're getting better and better, Jesse. They're good. Okay. Better and better. This time. Now, first off, bang, it's five and a half minutes. He's just... He's gone, screw the algorithm. I don't, not, that's it. I'm just giving you in five minutes. That's it. So fair play. He hasn't gone the eight minutes or 20 minutes or an hour like us dribbling on. He's just basically showing us the results. So what he's done is he's tested 42 centimeter wide handlebars against 37 centimeter wide handlebars. In a reaction to you criticizing him late last year, I might point out. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. What, what was this in reference? Because then you, you sent in a message. I'm bringing this up for a reason. Because you sent in a message on your high horse like, oh, I, I loved watching that video, Jeff. You know, the, the narrow bars weren't faster. What? <laughs> <laughs> Am I forgetting something? Yeah. What's, you what's you, had happened a, you ripped him for right. we had this chat um, when Jeff and Tyler and Dylan were on the show last year. We had a chat about, I don't know how it ended up, but we ended up talking about bar width and we went around what we were using and he said he was using 42s and you laughed at him. (laughs) You legitimately laughed at him. Say, oh, you know, the cool kids now are going down to 38s, blah, 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 and the the conversation continued on. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Mm -hmm. He's he's reacted to your reaction and it's four seconds. Well, what's, you know, you don't find four seconds everywhere, Chris. That's, Mm. that's That's a four seconds. All right, let's... Can we, should we dig into it a little bit? Okay, sure. Okay, so what did you think the results were going to be before you watched it? Did you have a thought? Yeah, I thought we'd be in the 30-second round. 30-second, yep. okay. So it's pretty, I mean, it's four seconds over 15 minutes is like nothing. So but can I just say the reason that I thought that it would be that big is because I have ridden 30, uh, 37s and I've ridden 40, almost measured 42s in the last six months, both those bar widths. And when I ride those wider ones, I feel like I'm driving a bus. I, I feel like I'm on there going, I'm just soaking up air everywhere. And I haven't got any data to say this, but I just feel like I'm riding slower. I feel the same. You got a narrow bars, you go, shit, yeah, I'm, I'm like, moving. Yep. Can I just, I think this is where you're starting to see when you're comparing uh, aerodynamic changes, this whole wind tunnel watts versus actual reality. Oh, here we go. Okay. Because i got a couple of examples. Strap yourself in. Firstly, he's running at 22 miles an hour, so it's like under 35K an hour. He did a similar test about a year ago comparing kits, comparing jerseys versus skin suits. So in, he had a Rafa jersey and bibs and then rode in the Rule 28 skin suit. 
again for 15 minutes at the same power. Same speed. No difference. But I'm telling you, you watch someone else's video and they've taken it to the wind tunnel and they say, skin suit saved me 20 watts. Narrower bars, 6 watts. I think both can be true in the sense that, so I don't think this is a case of there's no gain to running a skin suit and narrow bars. I mean, it's going to be faster. <laughs> this is more a reality of actually when you're going between 30 and 35 kilometers, kilometers an hour or 20 and 22 miles an hour, your aero drag actually isn't that much. Mm-hmm. So running narrower bars or a skin suit or buying a different bike yeah, you put it in a wind tunnel and there's no of Chris's favorite turbulent air. You're putting it in conditions designed to exaggerate exactly the thing you're trying to isolate. But you get on the road and you go, oh, it's marginally faster. Mm. I mean, aren't we back to square one of what we originally said, which was at the speeds that you're riding at most of the time for the average person, aerodynamics are a marginal gain, mm-hmm. not this giant 20 watts here, 30 watts there. I mean, I said this from day one. Oh, it's 20 watts faster. Um, have you ever ridden with a power meter? It's not 20 watts faster. So I think this is this more, of, again, another good test he's done at a real world speed and it's it's slightly faster, hard to kind of tell. So is this you coming out of the rabbit hole or have you fallen into the rabbit hole that was already in the rabbit hole? Because, well, because this is where, you're right, this is where it all started potentially on this show. No, no, no. no. I, I don't. I feel like I never actually fully went into the rabbit hole. Oh, you hole. were in there. You were in there. <laughs> you fell in. <laughs> because this is why. This. I mean, we've said this. Like, don't buy a Defy. Don't buy an aero bike. You're not riding that fast. I mean, isn't that pretty much what we've been saying this entire time? Yes. And then you get on with your tour magazines or your Dylan Johnson, and they're they're frothing over wind tunnel tests and stuff. But I. I this was a nice reminder, refresher. Thanks, NorCal of actually the speeds you're riding at, these are marginal. If you're a well to a pro going 60K mm. an hour, they're not. But, yeah, let's, I yes. think it was a good reminder of that. Perfectly timed as well because it was like a week or two after the tyre test, which showed actual results. That's big. And that's, that was <laughs> yeah. my biggest takeaway from this was, was more along the lines of, well, hang on, so there's 33 seconds in the, the, literally the amount of air in my tyres compared to an entire rebuilt bike, I'll take the, the rubber any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I think, um, yeah, uh, fair, fair play. I, I honestly, I thought it would be more. What do you want to see next? Because clearly. Okay. I'm sick of the aero test. You're okay. not riding that fast. The aerodynamics of everything besides your position isn't that much. So I, the aero test, I, I don't care that much. Um. What else could he test? Get into the supplements. Get uh, into that. Get in there. Get on. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. And it's just so hard to control, though. Yeah. But get on. Do do a ghetto bicarb test. Do um, yeah. Do that sort of thing. Uh, high, really high dose caffeine. Um, beta alanine. I reckon. That's what I'd like to see. That's probably the next. I next couldn't give a shit. No. No. Not interested. No. What would you like to see? I'd like to see the soloist versus the R5 versus the S5 on that track. So comments on that video. Someone says, do shorter cranks. You couldn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Lubed versus waxed chains. Does anyone does anyone ride a <laughs> waxed chain for a performance advantage? Aren't we all just riding wax chains because they're so easy to keep clean and it's just a pure logistics, like it's a win everywhere. And the fact that maybe it's a little bit faster or the same or a bit less does not bother me in any way, shape or form. I just love how easy <laughs> it win is win to way. keep clean. Um, all right, you know what, I, you know what I'd see? I want to see? Mm-hmm. Segway coming. Segway coming. Pedal systems. Ooh. Yes, I'd like okay. to see. I'd like to see some pedal systems tested because the, the reason I bring this up is E K O I, which is pronounced Ekoi. 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 Uh, there's some little drops around the place of a new pedal system being released by them. And it's not normally something I'd get particularly excited about, except that actually looks legitimately very different to what's out on the market at the moment. So so this is something that Rona McLaughlin picked out. It's a new prototype pedal system called the PW8, P standing for pedal, Jesse, W standing for watts and 8 standing for an 8 mil axle, which, okay, sounds particularly uninteresting, but if you actually look at the images of it, it's like a almost like a skeleton of an actual pedal, very, very minimal. And the cleat, there's there's no proper images of this cleat at the moment. You can see the guys standing there in their shoes and it honestly looks like they're running mountain bike cleats that are like, what's Ooh, the word? yeah, um, yeah. In, not incensed. Recessed. Recessed. That are recessed into their into their shoes. So, so I don't know. I mean, that actually does look like it would take quite a big chunk from underneath your foot and potentially be of interest. Claiming eight watts here. That doesn't actually surprise me. Like if you look at the shoe there, you talk about how much they go on about boas and things slowing you down by bits and pieces. And it, maybe that's eight watts being four times four watts. or Sorry, four times two would be the other thing. Eight watts of aero savings. Okay. So your cleats recessed, so it's more aero. Lower stack height, so you can lower your saddle, so you're a bit more aero. Uh, okay. Sure. I mean, we've on, we've been on the same freaking pedals for, for, for God knows how long. I'm... Yeah, let's it's go. Of, it's I'm, of, on. I'm in. <laughs> it does sort of feel like that's the next component. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we've had bars, stems, <laughs> yep. uh, cranks. We've kind of helmets, saddles. saddles. We all got cut out. We've all done that. Yeah. What's been left alone for ages? The pedal. The poor old pedal. Poor old it's been pedal. hiding. It's waiting. <laughs> it's waiting for the, I'm interested. Get one out to Jeff. Test it. I mean, is Jeff this the Jeff's new go-to? Yep. Get, get it out there. None of this, none of this wind tunnel, none of this. No. Just get it to Jeff. Get them out there. Jeff's circuit in his backyard. Yep. I do want to talk about Bianchi at some point, though, because people did send me on the pictures of that. They finally realised or they've listened to us and they painted up the new Bianchis in a really nice Celeste colourway and I got sent that by almost everyone. That's on, the Pantani colourway. Yeah. yeah, and they sent that on to me. And I must admit I did see that and go, oh, yeah, that's, I could totally get around that. That's kind of what I was saying is you, you got an ugly frame. Will you? Berm Peak. Burn peak. Uh, who's Seth? Seth did a video this week. Um, this is a kind of whole thing on YouTube at the moment about like <laughs> is, isn't it? people quitting YouTube. Oh my God. Like, let's feel sorry for people with <laughs> two million subscribers. 
Um, yeah, like that. that's a thing that people are burning out, blah, blah, blah. And he did, as usual, a very articulately well-presented video about his own content, his own channel, because he's kind of in that. He's at that level. Like he's – Yeah. He's, 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 he's like almost – I think he's second behind GCN. Yeah. He'd be the yeah the biggest mountain bike content creator in the world. So yeah, that's that's him basically saying he's not quitting YouTube. However, he is. Um, I'm not going to laugh, but he's creating a blog. Basically, Very good. a throwback. A throwback. Okay. Uh, it's a Substack, which is yeah essentially a place where he'll put up his YouTube videos a couple of weeks early. Uh, there'll be some written content on there, written reviews, um, travel type stuff, but it will be behind a paywall. So it'll be a members only subscription based <clears throat> thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you've also joined a su- subscription paywall yes. service, haven't you? Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Can we go into that? What have you signed up? For? So I signed up for Escape Collective. Okay. Uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Maybe we, free we, trial. Okay. Free trial. Mm-hmm. How long does the trial go for? One week. Oh, so you paid for a week? Uh, yes. Okay. So what was that? Is there something going on there? I'm just doing the maths in my head. Oh, I was, right. I was actually thinking, like, <laughs> if I'm going to quit oh, this. Like, have they given uh, you a free week no, and you're, like, trying to pretend? I can tell you one, <laughs> I can tell you one company that's not giving Chris like, Miller going on here? a free anything. So, <laughs> it was a one-week trial <laughs> and you're two weeks in, so you've paid for a week. No, that, uh, was, that was Chris doing the maths in his uh, head, right. I think. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Um we we've talked about them in the past. Let's, we're not going to go back over crap like that. So let's just let's just move on. So you've you've paid for a, a subscription only. How's it how's it going? Are you, you getting what you've what you've paid for? Where's the like? I don't I don't know Jesse. Okay. Like I don't I don't know what. And this is what I, I didn't even know how to talk about this because ultimately the reason I signed up for this in the first place was I I really value Rona McLaughlin's content that he does. Uh, yep. Some of the articles, a lot of the content we end up talking about can sometimes be something that he's written, or it can be it can be something that we disagree with, which I think was the case with um, the time trial one. Yeah, the time mm-hmm. trial one last year. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's normally good stuff to talk about, and okay. so I, I'm I'm happy to to follow that. Yes. Am I getting value for paying for Ronan's articles? Probably, I mean, I, I, no, I don't know. Okay, so here's my problem, right? So Burn Peak sort of goes, all right, we want, we, we're struggling to get enough income. We're going to do a paywall service. You get your videos two weeks early, and you get a blog. Escape Collective, simple thing. We don't want to have ads, so we're going to do, we're going to do a paywall service. And my problem with the whole thing is that on a case by case basis. Sounds good. What, five bucks a week and you, you get access to all the articles and your podcasts and it's all good and that's awesome. Burn Peak, pay, oh, I'll get access to the Substack and I can see the videos early and it's a community and that's awesome. That is just not a sustainable option for, for media as a whole because what's going to happen? You're on YouTube. What if NorCal paywalls his stuff and then Chris Miller paywalls his stuff? And then, bah, 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 and then it's five bucks. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, it's five bucks. I want to watch him. It's five. Suddenly then you're paying $200 a month to access all the stuff you used to access for free. So 
and that's why I don't like it because it's a, it's this case of if everyone did it, it's not going to work. It only works if a few people do it so that everyone only has a couple of subscriptions and then the other people find a different way to, to keep their content coming out and keep it sustainable. So that's why I don't like it. I mean, in theory, it sounds great. We produce content, pay us a small fee, and you support us directly. It's independent, independent. It's unbiased. Yep. But it's entirely unsustainable because how? imagine if everyone you watched on YouTube, you, you paid $3 to watch a video. You'd go broke. So I thought about this, and I was actually I was almost tempted to message Ronan about this and say, hey, look, like your content's great. Like why can't, why can't you go at a, why can't you be Ronan McLaughlin YouTube channel? Why can't you do what Ben Delaney's done and, and be a quote unquote freelance cycling journalist slash content creator and, and take on board that yourself, open it up to, to, in front of the paywall? Is that what you mm-hmm. do? You break the mm-hmm. paywall down, you mm-hmm. get in front of it? You, you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't you do that? And so I'm thinking like, well, I know why he can't do that <laughs> because he's probably got he's a mortgage. He's got bills to pay. And he's got bills to pay and he's got a family and like as much as maybe in five, ten years he might be able to build up enough cachet to do a relationship with it. But that's not that's not realistic. Like who's mm-hmm. how's he going to get to the tour down under and do pit walks if – it's just off the back of, mm-hmm. I don't know, ad revenue from YouTube. It's it's not going to happen. So I totally hear what you're saying that, and I do agree with you that, you know, if Cade all of a sudden turned around and had a paywall on it, then great. Well, what's what's next? We all and personally, disappear. I just stop watching. Mm. I I cannot think of anything that if it was only accessible behind a paywall, that I'd be paying to watch, or listen to. And I know this this comes across sometimes as like in bit inside baseball when we talk about this stuff, but I do genuinely think this this matters because this is the way we consume. Like we've already basically lost racing as such to the ether, certainly in this country and in the US that we're not going to be able to see. And if you then lose the content creators behind paywalls, then that's another thing that that steps away. I do I I mean I would say the 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 paywall stuff or paying for something. I'm not against it if it's offering something that you you weren't getting before. So let's say uh, uh, Lantern Rouge do a do a paywall, but it's not just you get the video early, and you know you're not getting anything. You're just getting the video a week early. Well, just wait a week and I'll watch it the normal time. But if they produced extra content. And you are paying for that, then that I don't have a problem with. If they had a once a fortnight had a paid only episode that wasn't going out to everyone else, I don't have a problem with that at all. The problem is that's also not sustainable because everyone is is kind of spending all their time already just producing the stuff that they're already putting out to then create a whole other product which are producing content for only the people that are paying. Most people don't have enough time to do that anyway, so that's also not a good option. Um, so yeah, that's my, uh, that's my thing. I mean, like the burn peak example, they get the videos two weeks early. And the, the only thing that you're getting, if you pay for, from what I saw that you wouldn't get otherwise is the blog post, the sub stack, which that's fair enough. It's something extra that you're getting. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I think.
Just on the Burn Peak thing, and I would I would very much. Um, and you surprised he made a video like that. Most people, like, even just discussing that, like most people already work their jobs. They just watch a Burn Peak video because he's reviewing ten cool tools I bought on on um freaking AliExpress, and it's entertaining ten minutes. It's like they don't care about like the the machinations of your media business and like <laughs> have you watched any of these i'm quitting youtube videos i watch them because i'm i'm interested in but i i'm not i wouldn't expect that like yeah. you know someone that's not producing content would be in any way interested in it or even buy into like a some sort of pity story yeah but it. cynically the reason he's doing that is to set up the move so he, I mean, if he'd just suddenly <laughs> set up this sub stack in two weeks time and gone, okay, everyone pay over here, everyone, or I imagine his audience would just go, what's this? Yes. So yep. he did need to set the criteria for it yep. um, and why it happened. And look, I would definitely suggest people go and watch that video. I just don't agree. So what he was, what he said was that the YouTube algorithm now really likes long form videos, mm. anything over about 20 minutes. I just don't think that's the case. I mean, I go onto my homepage, uh, it's full of stuff that's, 10 minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, five minutes. I, I just don't even think that's true. I Maybe with the ad revenue from the actual videos it would be because you're listening for longer. But, I, I mean, I, I mostly get recommended videos that are under 10 minutes. All right, guys, let us know your thoughts. Um, yeah, the future of this sort of content behind paywalls, in front of paywalls, let us know. I'm, I'm interested to see what people think. I reckon mm. it's going to be really split. There'll be, I think there will be a big contingent of people well, in the comments on this video or just watching the video that don't have a problem with it and kind of and don't mind it. Um, I feel like that's going to be, be actually probably a, a majority of people that don't mind the paywall stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think. I feel like it's, it's definitely a like, no, you, you do you, like support yourself, like you do that. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, but not everyone, like it doesn't work. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to. Get on that rabbit hole again. But this brings on to another thing, another topic I got, which is the untouchable topic. Ah. So just like I said there, where there's going to be this majority of people that are probably really supportive of like, you you, you know, like go independent and we'll support you and, and this and that, right? There, there's other similar topics like that, which are just, we're going to call them the untouchable cycling topics. <laughs> untouchable in the sense that you, if you say anything against them, you'll just get berated on or they just get such overwhelming support uh, that it's it's just, you know, you, you don't dare say anything different. Uh, let's go through them. I, I got a few. They're more annoying than this. Okay. Because they, these are also topics that sound controversial or sound like uh, anti-establishment, but they're not actually. <laughs> They're actually what everyone's thinking and you know the reaction's going to be, yeah, you go, man, you stand up for us. It's okay. like you're not actually standing up for us. All right, the first one is, and we've seen this, and I stand by, this is the most militant group of cyclists out there. It is the do-it-all bike. Oh, I mean, Bang. heaven forbid you have two bikes and they both perform better in their individual categories. You get, I mean... You get absolutely roasted. 
I will direct anyone who wants to go have a look at these comments <laughs> to the Instagram <laughs> reel that we did with GC that I think I put up about six months ago. Yeah. Now, it's a reel, whatever, it's clickbait. That's what they do. But the comments yeah. are, it's, you know, when, when people disagree with us normally, they just disagree with us and give us the alternate version. Yes. When they disagree with us on the do-it-all bike, we are the <laughs> scourge of humanity for suggesting someone actually gets a bike that they <laughs> that suits their exact criteria and exact mm-hmm. needs. We are elitist. We are gatekeepers. We are everything that is wrong with cliquey cycling groups, basically. So the, so the flip side, so there's always a flip side of these. So the flip side of this is if you want to make a video that people are just going to go, yes, come on, is just make a video saying, the one bike that does it all, the quiver killer. You will just, everyone will just get all around it. And that's, so that's why saying anything bad against a do-it-all bike is the untouchable topic. That's that's the first one, 100%. Oh, even, and even the one person that stands up for you, like that might go, oh, I don't actually want to ride that at my local crit. And they go, oh, yeah, but you haven't, yeah, it's not all about the bike. It's all about the legs that you've got. <laughs> So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, even the person defending <laughs> that comment, no. it's it's not even yeah. worth it. I realise it's probably our bread and butter, but mm-hmm. suggesting marginal gains matter. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, we... It, okay, this one's maybe not as global as the others because it depends what crowd you're in, but there's a definite side of YouTube where if we... Yeah, if you, if you discuss how... You know, you went from a forty to a sixty mil deep wheel, and you really felt that you were going point two kilometers an hour faster. That you just—it's just—it doesn't matter. It's about the legs. I've got a nineteen ninety six rally that fits twenty ones, and it's it's within two k an hour. So just shut up. That so marginal gains, definitely untouchable topic. But from the sense that you can't say that, yeah. Saying that they matter. What's way more YouTube friendly is to sort of shoot down a marginal gain. Yep. Like that's yep. that's and that's what I kind of mean about like sometimes you get this stuff where I feel like okay they're standing up for the little guy or it's you know oh you 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 tell the industry man <laughs> that ceramic speed jockey wheels aren't worth it like no one actually really thinks that it's bling whatever and. Now, I'm going to say on this one, people will probably point out that we've done the exact opposite of this in this exact chat by saying, well, NorCal's thing that the you know, aero at that speed doesn't matter. I, I'm, what I'm going to say is that what, what we're kind of getting at is if you're having a conversation about, you know, the giant propel is, you know, the SLA, it's, it's actually six watts slower than an S5, right? In, in that context, it's just then when that person comes in and then kind of shrouds it over with, oh, but. I've got a, you know, that sort of thing. It's the reason why I think it's an untouchable topic is it breaks the context barrier and you'll just, no matter what context you're saying it in, it's just, it's, 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 it's much more friendly to just go on a margin. Oh no, just, you know, ride what you got and it's good enough. The only other one I was going to say, and again, this is one of these context ones Mm -hmm. is untouchable topic is to suggest that Money being spent on research and development on a bike frame or something 
technology-wise, is worth it. Oh. Okay. So okay. Because the comeback is just so easy and so lame and so standing up for the little guy of, no, professional cyclists are so out of our world. Why do we need a bike that's two watts faster at 45 kilometres an hour, blah, 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 mm-hmm. which is – Make so them cheaper. True. Make it's, them cheaper. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't negate the fact that someone riding in the world tour needs the R&D. I but yes, you you are you were right. So what what I'll say is if we, well, let's throw out some channels here. If you want to if you're kind of like guys, what the hell are you talking about? Do yourselves a favor. Go to Dylan Johnson and read his comment comment section. Then go to Cade, the, the Cade Media podcast and read their comment section. And it is like you're doing a different, it's like you're doing a different sport. On one hand, you've got, I, I would say the, 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 the comments in that sort of UK scene with the Cade Media thing is more like they're kind of feeding into these untouchable topics where like, oh, did you see they talked about that? Oh, that doesn't matter. I think like that, that crowd eat it up. With a spoon and a knife and a fork, um, and then yeah, then the yeah the, the Dylan Johnson crowd are just like so far down the rabbit hole. Um, whether they realise it or not, we don't know. But I think yeah, that's where you see that audience difference. I think on our show, I honestly think we get both. Mm. Like you go through the comments if we talk about tech stuff, and it's like we'll get like you can tell where they come from. It's like that's a Dylan Johnson comment. Next, oh, they've somehow come over here from Cade. And it's literally comment after comment are just polar opposites. And it's a, I think we kind of seem to catch both a little bit. I would say, if anything, what side do you think we sit on? If you had to pick, towards Dylan Johnson or towards Cade? I read all the comments. I don't reply, obviously, to any of them because a lot of the time it's a statement and it's like, okay, cool, you've said your statement. Awesome. Thumbs up. And reading them, I, I, I always feel it's about 60-40, 60 being leaning more towards performance, I want to know a bit more about it, uh, check out this wind tunnel result here. That was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah, okay. And then yep. there's the 40 who are probably a bit more like just ride your bike faster, <laughs> don't worry about it type okay. thing. Like, oh, my bike from 10 years ago is as good as yours. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. But, yeah, you're probably more that person. Okay. Yeah. I, I think reckon. that's probably fair. I like that we've got an even yeah. split. I think that point of this show is to to capture just to kind of comment on both and not really go either way. So I, can't, mm. I, I, I feel like that's fair. Which out of the two of us, are we, are we both in the same place or are you more? I would say... Well, you let me know. I think at heart I'm more Cade. 100%. But I just for entertainment purpose will dabble with the Dylan Johnson. 100%. <laughs> for, just for, you know, yeah. for fun. No. What are you – what, uh, what ah, Chris I, Miller. I'm what's... very – I think I flip-flop from week to week. <laughs> <laughs> I just – I go with the flow on okay. it. Um, okay. I reckon I'm, I'm performance nope. but without – the actual data. <laughs> that's, 
That's how I see myself. All the effort. Like, yeah, yeah a wax chain would be nice, but yeah. I'm not getting a crock there pot and putting wax in it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I want the aero bike because it makes – it holds its speed faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of – But that's did I spend it. six hours on the forums going through it? No. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. What do you got coming up? This week, are you back on the bike or where are we Where are we at? Oh, coming up this week, um, it's my mum's birthday Thursday, so we're doing a family dinner um, and then Saturday I've got to take the dog for a walk um, <laughs> and I might clean, I'll probably do a clean of the house. We've got to do a tidy up so Thursday morning. Is that what you wanted to know? Yeah. Well, okay. I, see, I see this comment every now and again, like, guys, you should, you know, start with some Personal banter would be great oh, to hear. Shit, no <laughs> way. Like, like, I don't you care don't what you're doing. <laughs> Whatever. I've got no interest in what you're <laughs> up to. Um, How are the kids, Chris? Yeah. Actually, kids go back to school tomorrow. There you ah, go. There's, there's an update. Brilliant. There's an update. And Catherine is going to start some swimming. So here's the thing. This is an update. Uh, so we're dumping AFL from next um, – so we're not going to do AFL. AFLW. AFL – well, we're just, we're just AFL at this okay. age. Um, but she's going to start swim squad. Mm-hmm. This is a danger. I've because I know a few swimming swimmers, and I know a few swimming parents. And if she, I'm fingers crossed, she's not any good. I mean, I know she can swim, and she's oh. like pretty capable. But hopefully, she's nice not you. very good. Oh, why not? Because, well, that's a total. You think cycling parents are a thing? Oh. Wait till you get into swimming parents. Oh, that's a whole. Are lot they as of bad as park. tennis parents? They're in the same ballpark, but swimming parents, you could, the stuff starts at like 5 a.m. and things like this. So squad training, all that. So that's going to kick off. And actually after we record today, we go to Taekwondo or Mixed Martial Arts. Oh, okay. So cool. There you go. Well, thanks. That was really – I really enjoyed this enjoyed segment that personal of the show. segment <laughs> intro? Yeah, thanks for that. And on that note, <laughs> we will uh, see you next week, we'll Jesse. see you then. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.